Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? Friday, we are back, and I got the one and only, the uh, the guy that we, we had to put the boxing gloves on Wednesday and get after each other. We're back here, uh, we're feeling good, ready to talk uh, more Lions. Uh, Grifka, how are you, buddy? Hi, man, I'm doing good. I mean, gosh, all this rain, man, I'm starting to get animals two by two around my house. Thank <laughs> God it's Friday. <laughs> Absolutely, man, it's... Uh... It's that time of year, you know, we're getting better weather, but it's kind of, uh, you know, getting some rain and whatnot. Uh, we should have some good summer months here. Uh, football's going on a little bit of a break, but uh, not not the podcast, man. we got tons to talk about and break down. And, and I know we're not going to do it today, Grifka, but we're going to have to break out that dollars and cents here pretty soon because before you know it, we're going to be heading to training camp. So I know that people really enjoyed that last year where we broke down uh, the roster, salaries, ages, cuts you know who could stay all that type of stuff we'll have to get that together here pretty soon yeah what i really like about our dollars and cents series is that it's amazing how much a person's salary will change from year to year so we can go back and look and you know talk about what they did last year and like what they're making this year either going up going down definitely definitely will change the face of this roster yeah, that's fun, and I, I think like a lot of fans and people I know, we definitely try to be kind of the fan, two Lions fans on here yakking, you know, yeah, I take the GM approach sometimes, but I think it is really interesting. Most fans don't really look at or know these numbers, you know, and when you really start knowing, wow, Theo Riddick makes $5 million bucks. sometimes you even like don't notice or you think, ah, $5 million, it's nothing like, you know, the NBA players are making 30 but in the NFL, it it matters, and, and that's always a judge of talent. So we'll, we'll get that together for the uh, the Kool-Aid drinkers. I know that was fun last year. We kind of kicked off with that uh, as we got this whole thing rolling. So uh, what's going on today, man? What are we talking about? Well, you know, you know it's starting to become my shtick, man, just finding, finding the articles that just annoy the crap out of me. Well, once again, I mean, this, this one really doesn't have to do with the Lions, but it sort of does. And – I don't know where, you know, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers getting all this love from. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I bring it up. I mean, the guy gets calls, and he's starting to look like the guy that we talk about that ages quickly. He's starting to, he's starting to look like this. But SI has him as, like, comeback player of the year. ESPN, I think, had him as, like, the MVP. I mean, his offensive line still isn't that great. I realize they had the beer chugger, and that's where it all started. But, I mean, his wide receivers, I, you know, I, I, they may be good. I mean, they're still really young, but, I mean, still really no running game. But it just, once again, all this love for Green Bay, you know, out there, you know, affecting the Lions. But, you know, we read stuff, oh, Lions are the most improved team. But, oh, Green Bay has got the MVP, and they got the most improved. Well, 
doesn't that just how do I can't understand how that doesn't irk you for being such a huge Lions fan? You just kind of poo poo it off. <laughs> well, I mean, the first thing I'll say, like I say in other shows, I love that you peruse the internet for articles, not not really like about the team or about like you know all these ins and outs, but just finding the ones that that are negative and that make you mad. That that always makes me laugh. But uh, so, so Griffcar, are we really trying to just justify how much we hate Aaron Rodgers and how much he sucks in the show? Because I'm all for that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think maybe that's just what it was since I really couldn't find anything really negative about the lies. I stumbled across the, I stumbled across that. And it just, I, I had to read them. And I'm just like, how is he like, you know, going to be MVP with such a crappy offensive squad around him? I mean, come on, man. Just, oh. Yeah, well, I'm with you on this one. I mean, uh, again, being the draft nerd I am, I did like some of their, their picks in the draft and uh, the, some of their free agency. They they beefed up on D. But Aaron Rodgers, to me, Griff, because that guy on the basketball court that always would kill everybody, but then, like you said, it gets where he's like four or five years older and he goes and meets a young dog in the yard in the uh, playground that he can't hang with anymore. He's faster than him. He could jump higher. He just not, uh, can't get it done. So I think Aaron Rodgers is slowly going to turn into that YMCA ball player who like, he'll show up at the YMCA like, Oh, remember when he was good. <laughs> and like now he's just shooting like threes cause he can't do anything else. Like, I think that's where he's going to fall into. I mean, I don't know if it plays into it, but I was glad their coach blew out his Achilles or whatever because I just feel like that's one other thing that they'll have to somewhat deal with. But, yeah, man, Aaron Rodgers talks all this noise like he's back uh, when he was winning MVPs. I mean, last time I checked, he's been injured three or three or four of the last few years. He's not beat the Lions home or away in the last few meetings. So for him to act like he just walks up and beats everybody, yeah, that was like circa what, like 09, 08? Like, it's 2019, buddy. Yeah, and like I said, his offensive line is still, I mean, that's why, like you said, he's been injured. It's been that offensive line, and it seems like they've thrown money at it, and they're still completely average. And, yeah, like I said, they got the beard chugger. Congratulations. But, uh, I, you know, they, they, they keep sinking money in, like, Brian Balaga, and that guy's always hurt, like, five different times a year, and... Just oh gosh, it just when I read those articles, I'm like, give me a break. This is just Green Bay hype is all it is. It's just you know we need to get Green Bay back. You know they're, you know the cornerstone of the franchise of the NFL. You know the, the the trophy's named after their coach. I mean, come on, man. Like gosh. So gosh. so Griffka, to sum it up for the people, are you, are you trying to say both Aaron Rodgers and the Packers aren't that? Uh... Yeah, they they they're not that great. <laughs> Yeah, man, I agree. Like you say, uh, this is a Lions podcast, so we'll move on to the Lions. But Aaron Rodgers is a clown. He's an arrogant, you know what? His time's running out. I mean, he's in his mid 30s. They're paying him, you know, 35 million bucks a year, somewhere in that range, 30 million. Um, you know, I, I see their defense being better, and I see Aaron Rodgers still being able to do some things, but. I don't see him dominating the football game with those scrub receivers he has and, you know, lackluster at other skill positions. So I, uh, I'm with you. I think we got to continue to get after him with our pass rush and, uh, wreak havoc and just, uh, you know, it's time to take this division, man. The time is now. Yep. I agree with you there. Ding. Um, next thing back, uh, back to the beer chugging saga that continues. It seems like everybody's throwing out beer chugging videos now. And, uh, I don't know. I, I know you weren't watching the baseball game where this happened because you're not a big baseball fan. But uh, 
did you happen to see where the Lions O line, you know, was during one of the, you know, during OTAs, they went to, uh, you know, they all went to a, uh, one of the Tiger games and they were in the private box. And so they got a camera on them and like the whole offensive line did a beer chug. You know, did, did you happen to see that video? Grifka, is this a real question? Of course it is. <laughs> well, first of all, you mentioned the word, which is banned from the podcast. So did you think that I saw it when it's been banned from the podcast and I hate the sport? No, I uh, I missed this. I heard a little blurb about it, but there was really no way to uh, – didn't come across it on any other forms of media. But, of course, I wasn't sitting down watching a random baseball game on a Tuesday night or whatever it was. Like, tell me about it. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what it was, man. It was just it was a Tiger game, and and I know you don't like baseball. And they're not doing this well this year, but I love baseball, so uh, it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, even the Lions' offensive line had to get in and do the support, you know, show that they could chug beer, just just with the best of them. But if you get the opportunity, it doesn't show any of the game in the video. I just want to let you know that because I have <laughs> okay. found it online. Okay, so, so you, don't, you don't have to worry about seeing a ground out to the base or anything like that in the middle of that. Okay, so it might be tolerable. Paint the picture for me. Who who was it? Did they crack them? Did they did they put no, it in it the was, air? Did they guzzle? Like what what happened? You know, it, it was all in the. It was in the. Uh, you know, I I mean I know you used to work at Comerica Park, so <laughs> you are aware of the plastic cups that they got. So they all had plastic cups, is what it was, and it was um like Taylor Decker was there. I remember he, him being there. Glasgow was there. Um, it was like uh who else was there? Um, Ragnar was there, and um it was like Joe Dahl was there a few of the other guys and they were just all together and uh they uh and they were up there and all their you know their clear solo cups and they all chugged their beer man so <laughs> all right would you say it was non-aaron Rodgers like beer chugging yeah they all finished it off with no problem so uh they were it looked like they weren't trying to choke down a skunky beer like aaron <laughs> Rodgers. so so it was more matt stafford quality of course <laughs> well uh that's good stuff man i the only thing that bums me out is that like, it was probably cool, and, like, I'm glad our O-line is hanging and has some grit to him like that. But, I, like, it just reminds me of those idiots in uh, Nashville when Taylor Lewan got there and they're drinking it out of out of fish and all that dumb stuff. It was like, I don't know. I know Taylor Lewan went to Michigan, and I somewhat wanted him in that draft. He was kind of in my range of, you know, Lewan and a couple other guys. And he's been decent, but that guy's he's tough to stomach, man. He really uh, – is a hard character to deal with unless he's on your team. He's he's Bill Lambeer for the Titans, if you ask me. But uh, yeah, man, I'm glad our team getting after it, and maybe this will start an O line beer chugging because uh, I don't know. Stafford's still got to be in the top five of the, the quarterback beer chugging, but it's uh, taking a life of its own, no doubt. Okay, uh, just one more thing here I want to bring up. I know I've brought up this person's name in the last couple episodes here and there, and. Uh, we're talking about maybe starting opposite of uh, Slay, but uh, you know, Tease Tabor. You know, I was reading somewhere. You know, yeah, he came out and had a few picks early on, but uh, you know, then I did find an article last few days of of the OTAs. Water found its level with Tease Tabor. So, uh, if you know, everybody knows what that cliche means. So, uh, you know, once again, I'm not quite for sure if uh, he's going to be if he's the guy that was at the beginning of OTAs. Or if he's going to be the guy that ended OTAs, so uh, it was a, somewhere in the middle. Are you still thinking he's going to be the uh, the guy that we hope not to see on the field, or uh, you think he may be the guy that uh, maybe the guy that we saw early on in OTAs? Well, Grifka, uh, I got to give it to you. This is uh, one of your uh, good questions, one of your better questions, because uh, again, this interests me. 
Um, but I, but I got to lay this out first. So on Wednesday, we, we battled back and forth about the same arguments we always have. And like one of the big sticking points was I love everybody. Um, you know, I just say everyone's going to be great. And then I, you know, when they're not, I admit it. To me, tease is an example of what I'm trying to explain to you that I don't love everybody and I don't love their picks, but I do you know, want them to be good. So when they took tease in that draft, he had fallen way out because of his speed. You know, his speed was four seven or whatever. Okay, he was decent at Florida, but you know, he went from like a top twenty pick to like you know where they took him in the second round. When they took Tease Haber, I know we were via text and whatever. I was not jumping for joy. I was kind of like, okay. And then all the rhetoric came out about you know I watched so much of this guy. He's got instincts. So of course, like again, he's on the line. So I don't love the pick at the time. I knew it was a position in need. So I'm kind of decently okay with that but I don't love this player because of his speed and because of there's other better players on the board so but he's on the line so I start sort of saying okay like Bob Quinn believes in him let's see what he has okay he came out he has not played well for two some years so you ask me the last couple shows is Tease Tabor ever going to get together nope Nope, <laughs> he's done. You know, to me, that's not uh, bl- blindly loving a player. And then, and then in camp here, he comes out and he's good. So I don't automatically flip back to, oh, I love Tease Tabor. He's incredible. But, you know, acknowledge that, okay, he's playing better. Um, so, so to me, that's a good example about all the stuff we always argue about. But w- what I loved about Tease is there's all these good articles coming out about like he finally got his head screwed on straight about taking coaching, like understanding that he's not as good as he thinks or thought he was when he started. You know, there was even some uh, piece where he was like talking to underprivileged inner city kids and telling them all the mistakes he made and whatnot. Man, he had a list of crazy stuff. I mean, I don't know who was doing the background checks for the Lions the last couple of years, but all the stuff Tease was saying he was doing in college, like I don't know how that got by the Lions because. That's not what you want in a draft prospect. But, like, I feel like he's just sort of put all that behind him. And, you know, I don't think he's going to get faster. You know, I don't think that he's going to have this amazing role. But I think if he's willing to take coaching and if he works his tail off, that he can be a bit better, you know. And that might mean a fourth, fifth corner. That might mean a surprise. And maybe he's a he's a positional guy that they can find a role for. And he can make a few splash plays this year, a few picks, maybe a few turnovers. But... I mean, I really liked all the in-depth stuff I heard about Tease. I liked his approach a lot better, and uh, I hope I hope he's better for the Lions. But, you know, it wasn't a pick I loved. He hasn't lived up to where he was picked, and uh, time's running short for this guy. So that's my long-form answer of uh, what I've heard about Tease and where I think he sits right now. Yeah, this might be kind of his make or break here. You know, with with it, I mean, I, I realized Bob Quinn watched a lot of video on this guy, the most ever that he said, and uh, I know they're going to give the guy a little more rope than uh, than than maybe they would somebody else. But yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those things. This may be like the make or break thing right here. I mean, he's got to show like leaps and bounds, considerable improvement. I'm not talking like lockdown or anything like that, but he's just getting the. I mean, last couple of years the way he was just getting torched. You know, just he. Yeah, I'm... yeah, and there were reports that, I mean, yeah, he had those picks, but then there's reports that he's getting beat by, you know, the Brandon Powells of the world or, um, you know, Marvin Jones going up over the top on him or whoever it was. You know, there's a few guys that beat him deep. Uh, 
you know, in practices. So this guy's not playing good. And when you say make or break, like, I mean, like I said, the only time I was overly optimistic was after they drafted him and when the early buzz was coming out that, you know, he had all this length and he was good, you know, but I don't think he'd make is, is where he's at now as far as like, is he going to justify his draft position? I think it's just, will he make the roster and can he, help the team in some way that's his make you know the break is that he just continually can't cover and they end up booting him out of the league you know or off the team and and like we've seen maybe he doesn't find another spot but I don't know that there's a big boom for T's Tabor coming anytime soon regardless of what he's doing now yeah the hard part with T's Tabor right now is that NFL coaches are so good that when he's on the field he's just like he's like a big red dot it's like everyone's like yeah there he is we're going after him and Offensive coordinators are so smart that they'll get matchups to get him against, like you said, those burners that he can't keep up with. So that's the hard part. You know, he could have all the technique, all the want and the will he wants, but if it's one of those things when he's out there and there's a big arrow pointing right at him saying, here, here's the slowest guy in the defensive backfield, offensive coordinators are just going to pick that right out. Yeah, but the positive side is that we've we beefed up, you know, the interior. Remember, he's playing a lot of interior last year. Now we have some other guys there, so – you know, maybe he's a, a space zone player. Maybe he's a, you know, more of a gimmicky type defensive back. You know, he can do some other things with him, and, and he doesn't have to be singled up on a, a shifty slot guy. And and remember, he did play a little bit better towards the end of last year. So it's not like this guy, I don't think, you know, there's there's not everybody doesn't have to be a, an elite, you know, outside corner. Like there's definitely a position in the league for a, for a number five corner that can play outside and can, you know, do some things, and maybe that's what he's settling into, you know. Uh, don't know that he's, you know, going to ever reach that ceiling, but he can still be helpful for this team. Yep, that's what we hope for. But, On a uh, positive, yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, that's all I got for news and notes, and uh, just want to move on to something else. Uh, you want to take a quick uh, break for our sponsors here really quick? Yeah, let's do that, man. We're going to get Anchor in here, one of our longtime sponsors, and we got a new sponsor with Spotify, man. Anybody that uh, isn't an Apple uh, person or an iPhone user, uh, we, we want you to check out Spotify, a real uh, nice podcasting app that's uh, real easy to get your stuff. Sometimes it comes out quicker on Spotify than it does on other platforms and uh, real easy to use. So let's pause and get them in here, and then we'll come right back and uh, talk some more lines with the people. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right, everybody, we're back. We got Grifka here. Grifka's uh, loaded up with some questions. I think he's got a gimmick segment here for us that uh, he'll throw some things at me, and I'll uh, I'll teach him a few things. So what do you got, Grifka? Yeah, with uh, OTAs happening, we've heard like people you know moving around, shuffling around. One of the things that does sound like it's going to happen is going to be Ragnall is going to be at center now permanently, no matter what happens. It sounds like he was there pretty much most of the time. It got me thinking about a few other positions on the field, and like – you know, if these guys are penciled in, you know, so I'm going to ask you a few guys and if it's their job to lose. So I know there's a couple names on here that, uh, that, uh, we can debate on. We have debated on it before, but, uh, there's a few of them. I just kind of want to get your take on to see what you think. If these guys are uh, automatic starters or if they're really going to have to work for it. So, um, my first one is, um, right here. I heard, I heard this guy was actually doing a lot at right guard. And you know he's beefed up, he's bigger. So, uh, what, Joe Dahl? No, nope. it's his job nope. to lose. No, nope. I'm sorry. Nope. <laughs> that was quick. I can move on to the next one. Okay, so not a chance at all. You think you think they're going a completely different direction at right guard? Oh, definitely. I think uh, you know there's a bunch of pub that came out about Joe Dahl being bigger, stronger. Uh, you know all this stuff. He's been here for X amount of years. I mean. We just hit on tees like Joe Dahl to me at a at a perfect level right now is he's the swing inside guy. I think he was even playing some center, so now he can play both inside spots and uh, and some center. Like, yeah, I'm fine with him there, but no, he's not gonna magically be a great starting right guard when we have other guys that are not only better but can uh, can move some guys around. Or I mean. What are you going to do? You're going to play Joe Dahl over Graham Glasgow? I mean, Glasgow's over there at right guard, man. Pencil that in. Okay. Right, well, who Ragnow, got starting at left guard then? Ragnow's made the move. I, I think Kenny Wiggins was more of a left guard, so they moved him over there. And I mean, I'm just trusting the coaching that they must think he's better there. Or he's kind of the guy. I mean, I would still like to have a different player there, but I mean, as long as Ragnow's at center and the other four guys or the other three plus him and then that left guard spot is our our wild card you know it's it's the guy that you just get by with when he's not that good I mean almost every line has that guy so Joe Dahl I like you as depth player but that's about it okay good take right there okay uh next one right here been waiting to see this guy uh know when he was drafted we didn't know too much about him but uh we really like how he's come on in the defensive backfield Tracy Walker it's his job to lose yeah, man. 747. Uh, this guy is a physical specimen. You know, I, I, the only thing I want to see is his temperament. I want to see him out there more where does, is he a dog, Grifka? Is, is he going to make plays where I go, oh, baby? Uh, you know, that's what I want to know because he seems sort of like a quiet guy, but I mean, he's so big, long, and physical that I feel like as long as he knows is where he's supposed to be and they seem to say he, he knows when and how to get where he needs to be. Yeah, man, I think he's a, a very going to be a very surprising up and coming safety that most people have no clue who he is still. So uh, pencil him in, let him play, let me see this guy for another year or so. But um, projecting him, Grifka keyword to be uh, dynamic there in the backfield and have us uh, dropping some um, some uh, catchphrases during the year. Yeah, I mean, long, rangey, quick. I mean, that wingspan he has, that guy's going to be able to – I think he's going to go up and get some picks. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I, I believe it's his job to lose. So, Okay, uh, next guy. Um, 
No, I'm not looking for an argument. I'm not, but we're talking the number one tight end position. Number one, Jesse James, his job to lose. I'm glad you put the caveat, Grifka, because I feel like this is something we've talked about. I'm sure it's going to come up in future shows and past shows, as you would say, Bill. Um, but no, Grifka, Jesse James, like, here's what they did to Jesse James, and it seems like he's cool with it, so I'm good with it, too. But they went ahead and sold Jesse James the farm, telling him, oh, yeah, we, you know, we need a tight end. Come in here, and, and you'll be the guy, and, like, he bought it hook, line, and sinker. They paid him well, so what does he care, right? But the whole time, they basically knew they were going to get Hockamania and get him in here and take him high. So so now you have this situation where Jesse James like is there, he's paid well, and he's a decent, young, good football player. But, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, the starting tight end is TJ Hawkinson. You know, they're not even going to split time. It's going to be kind of that, that two-third, one-third split when it's all said and done. But... Will they give Jesse James the token day one? You're the starter just to make the rookie earn it? Maybe, but that would just be on paper, you know. Um, so I like Jesse James. I think he'll be a much better than what we had, especially last year. But Hawkinson's the guy, and uh, I think they'll make a nice little duo. But because, uh, like I said, I, I, it doesn't seem like he's bitter. But I definitely think he got told one thing, and then when they took the rookie and they added other guys, it's kind of like. Okay, I'm going to be right where I was in Pittsburgh last few years. So, okay, the biggest thing I look for this is, um, like you said, I, I think it's, you know his day to lose. I mean, they do it with rookies. You start at the bottom, work your way up, you know. And like you said, it could be one of those things like, yeah, day one, here's a guy. Day two, hey, by the way, go run with the second team. Um, I would really like for Jesse James. I know he hasn't. He's not that old wily veteran. He's he's been around you know a few years, but he's not that grizzled veteran. You know, Tony Gonzalez type guy. Um, if he takes if he takes those young tight ends underneath his wing, you know, teaches them how to be a pro, teaches them what to do, that uh, that that would that would go long a long way with the tight ends on this team. What I'm looking forward to about Jesse James to is, is our talk when we do our dollars and cents in his contract breakdown. You know, is is his contract worth it? it would be the big thing. I'm kind of looking forward to that. So, yeah, we'll um, talk all about it, no doubt. Yeah, uh, next guy. Um, I, I believe we brought up this competition before. Um, Theo Riddick, his job to lose, third, the third running back, the third down back. All right, I've got a, I got a little bit of a hot take here on Theo Riddick. So for the whole offseason, I've kind of been bagging on Theo, saying like, oh, man, you know, what? what's he done? You know, he, he had a couple big years catching and scoring some touchdowns in the last two years. I'd say he's been just there, you know, okay. Maybe you make a play here or there, but definitely not impactful. Definitely not the guy that we were sold on and that Bob Quinn gave the extension to. So I've been ragging on him, but I flipped the script Grifka. I've seen this guy in, in uh, what I've read about him. He, to me, I, I feel like he's, he's set for not only a bounce back here, but you're calling is it number three to lose. I'm here to say I'm leaning more towards that Theo Riddick from a receiving back perspective could put up surprisingly good numbers in regards to catches, yards, touchdowns, and could be kind of a number two quality type guy. I mean, I still think C.J. Anderson, barring you know his – his weight and want to he seems like he wants to be here so I think he has a role but when you break down everything at the end of the year I think Theo could be the number two impactful running back on this team 
Wow, number two. Oh, okay. That's a uh, that that is that's uh, high praise from where you were earlier. So, uh, I I think Theo Riddick. It's one of those things when they brought in Ty Johnson. You know, it might be one of those things like yeah, everybody's like oh, kumbaya, show the young guys type thing. He might be one of the things where he's really fighting for his job. So um, he might show you know a few of his tricks or something like that. You know how to be a pro to Ty Johnson, but it might be one of those you know shots across the bow as they say. You know like hey, we brought enough quick, young, fast guy can, you know, kind of the same skill set you have, you know, you know, we could replace you with a cheaper guy. So yeah, I think right now it's his job to lose. And with all the hard work and everything he's put in, yeah, yeah, I think it's his job to lose, but there's definitely uh, that, that draft of, of Johnson was definitely, uh, you know, kind of put Theo Riddick on notice. But Ty Johnson doesn't have the same skill set. He's a crazy fast guy, but there's few in the league that still catch the ball like Theo. They just haven't used him well. Like we're so unimaginative with the passing game to the running backs. So my other part of this take is that the only way Theo Riddick gets booted is they want to save the money and they think they can just throw the same screens and different plays to carry on. But if they still feel like they need that pass receiving running back, which is very valuable still in the NFL, you know, and, and, you know, Daryl Bevel has an idea and imagination and a know how to use Theo. Like you don't cut him because everyone's looking for that pass receiver out of the backfield. And even if carry on can do it, like Theo's much more of a guy that you can feature in that role. Yeah. Um, just how do you get him on the field? And if you don't think you get him on the field enough and you want to save the money, then yeah, he'd be gone. But uh, I don't feel like he's, you know, Ty Johnson is Theo light. I feel like Ty Johnson is, the home run hitter that we don't have, but can he make the roster? Yeah. Theo Riddick, if, if like you said, if it was one of those things he wants somebody cheaper and he wants cut, Theo Riddick's not going to be on the unemployment line very long. Somebody will wrap up that, uh, you know, that old Wiley veteran pretty quick. Right. For like a two, he's got probably two like decent years left. I think like, that's why I'm saying bounce back is that maybe this year he, he shocks us and comes back to like a lot of playmaking ability, but after that, it's probably another year or so, and then, yeah, you either – he should be gone or he doesn't have, you know, this huge career left. But I'm I'm just – I flipped the script of saying, like, I think there's something there. There's some juice there. Okay, uh, next guy. Um, you know, once again, reading about this guy, he wasn't the most uh, impressive or, you know, free agent signing, but it uh, sounds like right now uh, the guy starting opposite uh, Slay is going to be Rashawn Melvin. You believe it's his job to lose. Um, Sean Melvin. I I really don't know. I uh, I, I guess so. I I don't love it, you know. And I I didn't hear much buzz about AO or about um. You know, we heard the tease buzz, but I think we already touched on that. I don't feel he's the number two, even in his best case scenario. So I don't know who else could play there. Which, you know, I don't know. I. I haven't really seen, you know, much of Sean Melvin's really not on my radar, but when I heard him talk and I've seen his stats and stuff, I feel like he could be serviceable as a number two, but not, not that good. You know, you look around the league, I could probably find you 15 combos that are much better than Slay and Melvin. So I guess, but I, I don't love it. Yeah. I think it might be one of those things where um, Melvin may be the guy that Matt Pat trusts the most. At this point, you're right. I mean, it seems like you read all these articles and 
Yeah, there was a lot of hype on T's, but yeah, I didn't read too much on AO. Even it seemed like when they were talking to the coaches afterwards, he didn't get a whole lot of pub. Maybe because he's a rookie and he just hasn't done anything yet because being only in a few practices. But uh, I think right now um, Melvin may be the guy that they trust the most simply because, you know, he has been around the block, you know, and he, you know, Bam Pat did coach him in New England. So, you know, it might be his to lose right now, but I don't think that one's, you know, set in granite. You know, his name could be chiseled out of there pretty quickly. You know, if if he's if he doesn't play that well, but I think right now, you know, day one he would be the guy. But if he plays well, he's going to continue to be there. So, uh, but if not, I, I I think he's he's definitely can be replaceable. So, and, and the other thing to think about, like when I start thinking about the names, is like, so we we paid a ton of money for Justin Coleman. I know there's some people out there who were like, oh maybe maybe he's the opposite. Like, I definitely want to leave him inside, but. You know, I think for this year, you're going to try to get by. You're going to hope that Slay is happy. He plays great. And you have these other safeties that you can move around to get you by in, in coverage. But I would think that's on the pecking order for next year. If you have a, you know, wherever you pick in the first round, you're going to be looking at maybe another top end corner because you can never have too many. And we really haven't put a ton of resources there in the draft. You know, just a, a second rounder here and then slay was a second rounder but in between not too many high picks you know in that area so um got to get better there but we've been we're better this year than we were i think yeah yeah i I get the bell i agree with you right there um last one i got one more and this one's for you and uh simply because like it seemed like we his his production's fallen off sam martin it's his job to lose <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh Grifka side note. So I'm I'm going through the Lions app and they had their their golf outing. So I don't know why I scroll through some of these pictures, just the whole everything interests me. So first nugget that has nothing to do with Sam Martin is that Matt Pat came out in the exact same gear that he has every other day. The same black pants, the same trash bag, same hat. Like he's out at the golf course wearing the exact same thing. He wears 365 days a year while at Allen Park, which I thought was funny. But then they show Sam Martin. It felt like Sam Martin and Stafford were the only one at this golf outing. Like I always like when I get to see uh you know, like Trey Flowers at the golf club in his hand, knowing that he doesn't golf probably or uh, see if it, like Snacks was there. I'd love to see him take out the big uh you know, the six iron and take a swing at the ball. Uh, but all they showed was Stafford and Sam Martin. Stafford looks like a normal, regular dude, man. He's just like a polo hat, untucked shorts, looking like a athlete out there playing some golf. Sam Martin looks like that tool bag that you see out at the golf course. He's got like the ultra tight shorts and shirt fully tucked. He's got the flat brim hat. He put like a, uh, a T in his hat for some reason. I don't know if that's like the new cool thing that NSYNC or whatever boy band is out there now does. But this guy just looked like a little clown. I think him and Stafford are like best friends. So like, you know, they got to keep him around for that. If not anything else, is that <laughs> they're just, it makes the quarterback happy and they're buddies. But like this guy looked like an absolute clown show. And uh, I don't know. He's just not good. Like he's, he he punts the ball great when never matters, and then anytime it matters, he shanks a twenty yarder or less. Like, I mean, he's there, he's paid. I mean, it's a kicker, so I can't care too much. But I don't say that we have any better options. So yeah, he'll be here, and he won't lose his job. But I'm just frustrated with the guy. Yeah, 
he just doesn't see, like you said, he just doesn't seem to be clutch. You know, when the team's down by 21, late in the fourth, and they got a punt with two minutes left, he's out there booming the 60-yarders, pinned him inside the eight. Well, congratulations, you know, when you need that, when you're down by three and you got to get the ball back, you, and they're at the 50s, kicking it out at the 45. So, yeah. So, hold on. I, I know I love it. I always have you go to your bag of catchphrases. But my catchphrase is always going to be with Sam Martin. What other idiot in the NFL that's like a holder for extra points wears a glove, a hot towel? He's got his uh, he's got his rosin bag out there. I mean, he's got all this stuff. It's like you're just catching a football and like turning it slightly so the guy can kick it. It's, it I guarantee you I could probably do it. So like the fact that he's got every piece of equipment. Name me, find me another punter or another holder this year, Griffka, when we watch games that brings okay. up that brings a beach towel out with him. Nobody. He's he's got like a fanny pack full of stuff. Right. I got right. the oil of Olay to keep my skin soft on my hands when I catch the ball. Right. That is beach towel, his glove is uh, like I say, he's got the uh the sport that's banned from this show. He's got that rosin bag out there. Like I mean it's he's, embarrassing. It's he's got really like embarrassing. The, he's got like the gator eye underneath him. You know, the glare off the long snapper's ass is in my face and I just wanted to block it. Right. Yeah. Probably if I got a compass in there trying to figure out which way is which, maybe a, a wind gauge. I mean I don't know who knows. Hey man, he's got he's got, he's he's got like one of those he's got he's got one of those rooster wind things or whatever and he just sits it in the ground and waits for <laughs> Point. Why don't you and, just use the flags on top of the goalpost? And don't put it past Sam Martin to have, own, and wear often fanny packs in public. So, like, for him to have one on the field is probably no big deal. He probably wears it on Saturday nights out at the bar. But this guy, uh, I don't know. He he is what he is. Just kick the ball far and straight and don't yeah. be an idiot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he has a fanny pack while he's out at the bar. He may have a Merce. I could see a Merce. It's 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 European. No, it's purse. Right. It's, it's, it's where you keep your car keys. It's a Merce. Okay, we got it. It's a satchel. <laughs> exactly. And can we can we move on from this guy? I'm getting hot now. I'm getting freaking bothered by your question of this uh, punter on our team. Nah, that's uh, that's that's my last one, man. So uh, that's all I got for today. All right, man. Well, sounds good. Like I say, we had a, a heated, uh, longer show on Wednesday, kind of a fun show here on a Friday, talking about some topics, uh, jobs to lose, things that are going on. Um, we'll have to, so they have no football. We'll, uh, we'll come back, I guess. I guess let's shut this one down. We promised the people Q and A's. We didn't get to it really on either show. I guess they'll put that, put that on our docket for next week. And maybe me and you will talk about our game plan for when we're going to start dollars and cents and what else we're going to do before we get to training camp, like literally four or five weeks away. Grifka. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. It seems like we, you know, people have been sending us questions. How about we run one of the shows next week? We just answer questions, man. Yeah. How, how about we do that? Yeah, hit them up, Grifka, at Grifka DKC to uh, ask for questions. We'll get a whole mailbag going. See if all Team Grifko maybe has some questions for us. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> all right, we'll do that. We'll uh, try to just do that and bang out questions and talk randomly about topics and have fun like we try to do every week on the show. So thank you, buddy. Uh, you got anything else for the people? Uh, Nope. Gave you a three just because I need to get a couple more in there. So thank you, everybody. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Check us out. We've been uh, dropping that uh, bonus show, basically, just extra fantasy football podcast. We know most of you are probably heading to your drafts. Um, I uh, get to beat up on Chuck like I do on Grifka on that show. 
if you didn't hear our last show, you got to go back and uh, hear what Chuck uh, is using for fantasy football research. I think it'll make you laugh and uh, talk about uh, players. We'll talk about rookies and stuff, I think, coming up, which will be a fun show. And uh, Grifka, man, I'll catch you back here on, on Wednesday talking all things Detroit Lions, buddy. So Yeah, looking uh, forward to it. Thanks, everybody. Uh, take care. Uh, we'll check you next week. Drink it in, man.